What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Alright, we are back. Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode Number 63. So first and foremost, welcome back to everyone that's joining us. Hope you had an awesome summer. It's now on to my favorite season, the fall. Yay! And like I spoke about back in the spring, we're going to be closing out the 90s here in the fall. We have four more episodes left, and then we'll be taking a one-year break before we start Season 3, The New Millennium. So... Like I said, man, only four more episodes and then an extended break here. So enjoy this last little bit, and then we'll be back in just over a year. On today's episode, we'll be covering Little C's and Ludacris. So like we always do, let's talk about my opinions, expectations, and predictions on these two artists. Little C's I didn't know too much about, to be honest with you, and it only it, it almost sounds weird saying it, but... I really only remember hearing him on some bad boy songs with like Diddy, Mace, Kim, Biggie, stuff like that. I never really had any strong thoughts on C's either way, to be honest with you. With my limited knowledge on him, I just thought he was a whatever, nothing, you know, really good or bad. And expected him to probably finish somewhere around the middle. But again, was pretty much clueless on little C's aside from a handful of verses. So when I give predictions like that... That's really just me being me. Like, I'm big on gambling and bets and predictions and things like that. I really almost didn't have a prediction with Little C's because I didn't really know anything of them. But since I want to do it, I gave one just as a random shot in the dark and just figured, hey, you know, Little C's, whatever, he'll probably finish somewhere around the middle. Ludacris, on the other hand, I never had any of his albums or was, like, overly into him when I was younger. But I certainly had heard a lot of his material, and although I wasn't quite sure just how good he was or wasn't, I always liked Ludacris and was pretty entertained by him. And I definitely expected the good to outweigh the bad, and although I'm not sure I expected an amazing finish from him overall, I expected a pretty decent one. And I also predicted Ludacris to be the top artist to come out of the South. This was way back, probably, you know, near when I first started this study, I started asking people random questions i still do it i still post it on the facebook page and stuff like that who do you think will finish higher jay-z or nas when the locks episode was coming out you know what order do you think they're gonna finish and just random stuff like that so way back in the beginning i remember predicting that you know i thought Ludacris would be the top guy to come out of the south that being said i did not realize benefit was from the south when i said that but i still said it so i gotta stand by my prediction so let's dive into these guys and see if my predictions and expectations were on point at all. Both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1999, but Little C's was out first, so we'll start off with him. His birth name is James Lloyd, also known as Caesar Leo, Caesar Alamo, and Little Caesar. Born August 20th, 1977 in New York City, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1993 to present. So off the bat, something that sticks out to me here is that Little C's years active are listed as 1993 to present, but his debut album wasn't out until 1999, and he never had another one since. So a bit odd there, but obviously I'm sure he was involved in the music industry for some years prior to releasing his first album, and I guess maybe since he never really officially retired and is still listed as active, but 
I'm not sure we'll ever see another Little C's album again, to be honest with you. Also, not 100% sure how he got the name Caesar Leo from his birth name being James Lloyd, but maybe we'll be filled in on that when we read up on some more background information here on Little C's, so let's check that out. James Lloyd, born August 20th, 1977, better known by his stage name Little C's, is an American rapper and former member of hip-hop group Junior Mafia. So, pretty much absolutely nothing there for Little C's, and even though he had a very small body of work, I definitely expected there to be a little more in his background, but I dug pretty deep on C's, and what I read to you was really the only noteworthy stuff I could even find worth talking about. Um... I'd also like to officially let everyone know that Junior Mafia as a group did not make the cut as they had nine members and only two qualified with a significant amount of info. So the group and its works were left out, but Little C's was one of the two members to make the cut, so here we are. So let's now get into my breakdown of Little C's and see what we got there. I'm not going to lie, I personally expected more hits and less skill from Little C's. He was decent with syllables, but definitely had some reaches at punchline attempts as well. He was, however, pretty good at keeping a topic and finished average lyrically overall. With such a small body of work, things were a little tougher to gauge as C's only registered one album for scoring, which was a good album. Of his 15 qualified songs, one was great, none were weak, and five were good, with the other nine being average. He was carried to those numbers by features on a decent percent of his material, though. With only one album and 15 songs to his name, given the fact that he's still alive, you'd be hard-pressed to give Lil C's a good impact score. We do, however, have to take into account the company he kept, group he was in, and the people who co-signed him. He was an active part of a major movement at that time period. How big of a part that was is another thing, but he did manage to have clear influences on Fabulous, Paul Kane, and Joe Budden. When it came to originality, there wasn't all too much there to give C's credit for. He had the typical bad boy sound and features and rapped about typical content, but his voice and delivery were pretty unique and he didn't seem to have a problem being himself. So I mean, doesn't really sound like a poor write-up, just not very much there as to be expected of someone with only one album, so let's get into the math here for Lil C's and see where he winds up. Lyrics, he gets a 5. Like I said, there wasn't all that much on either side of the fence. And again, you know, with only 15 songs in one album, you would really have to be really poor or go really nuts to go up or down from that five in that small amount of songs. But as far as, you know, what he was able to do lyrically, he did some decent stuff with some syllables, but then he had some reaches with some punchline attempts where it was like, ah, come on, like that wasn't really a good line, you know? Um, he was able to keep a topic pretty well and stuff like that, but I, I just didn't think there was anything overly good or bad to put him to a four and a half or a five and a half, at least not in that short amount of time with that small body of work that he had. Albums, he gets a 4.62 with zero classics. Like I said, he only had one album and it was a good album, so that's very black and white, that is what it is. Songs, he gets a plus .67, which that's pretty good. I mean, again, we talk about plus or minus a full point. That starts to become really significant. Not quite a full point here for Little C's, but two-thirds of a point, and that's certainly better than losing two-thirds of a point or not gaining anything for sure. And just to clarify, that came from him having 15 qualified songs, one of them being great, none of them being weak. That came to 6.7% of his music. You slide the decimal place over and he gets a plus 0.67. Impact, he gets a four and a half, and... 
there's just a couple of things to keep in mind there. I feel like, yeah, you have to acknowledge the fact that he was an active part of a major bad boy movement at that time period. I mean, bad boy took over in that time period and he was a part of that. Again, how big of a part was he? You know, we could sit and talk about that all day. You know, one's going to say, oh, it was Big's best friend, bro. Another dude's going to turn around and say, bro, he had one fucking album and then he disappeared and nobody in that crew even likes him anymore. So, again, there's always going to be two sides of the fence that you could look at. And I just feel like when you're doing things objectively, you can't pick and choose. You can't say, yeah, no, I, I know, but you have to acknowledge all of them. You have to keep all of them in mind. Again, only one album, very small body of work. Yes, he's co-signed by all these people and he's with all these people. But again, never really achieved the fame or success that any of the others did. That could have been by choice. I don't know. I'm just here to point out what actually did or didn't happen. And then, like I said, when it came to artists that you could see were directly musically influenced by something that Little C's did... It was Fabulous Paul Kane and Joe Budden, which if I had to just guess off the top of my head because I don't remember right now, but that's the triangle offense and they probably did something over a little C's beat or some shit like that or I don't know, maybe said something he said in a hook or some shit like that if I had to guess. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like. So yes, three names, not really the hugest names. I mean, Fabulous, a pretty big name, Joe Budden, a decent name, Paul Kane, much less known, but only three names, but again, keep in consideration that it's three names, but it's only off of one album and 15 songs, so at least somebody was listening, but I think when you take all that stuff into consideration, a lot of it kind of evens each other out, but the fact that he's got such a small body of work and things like that, I think is just what keeps him at just below average in the impact department there. And originality, he gets a five and a half. Again, I've spoken about this many times before with people that have very small bodies of work and stuff like that. You know, it's it's a little bit difficult to really gauge. Again, somebody would have to do some really crazy outlandish shit and every picture that they had, which probably wouldn't be much if they only had one album, they'd have to be wearing some crazy shit for you to be like, yo, this dude is a fucking character. This dude is super weird and original and different, right? When you just have the one album and, you know, there's no real crazy song topics or anything out of left field like that, again, it's a little hard to get a gauge on how original this person is, but I did think that the fact that there wasn't anything overly unoriginal about him, and his voice and delivery were kind of unique, and just his album cover and certain things that he did, it just seemed like C's wasn't really afraid to be himself, and I thought just that, that fact right there, coupled with like the voice and the delivery were enough to just bring him just above average for originality there. So he gets a five and a half. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five because that's the number of categories we have. And that gives you a final rating of 4.06, which leaves Little C's in a three-way tie for 138th place of 199 artists done overall. So, I mean, certainly not a very strong finish there for Little C's, but not for nothing, but only one album to your name. That finish could have been a lot worse. Nonetheless, man, shout outs to Lil C's for being a part of the movement he was a part of, doing his thing, and making the cut here for sure. Now, let's move on to Ludacris, who also had his debut album out in 1999. Born Christopher Brian Bridges, September 11th, 1977, in Champaign, Illinois, United States. Other names, Chris Lover Lover, 
Luda, Velvet Jones, and Bronze Bridges. Years active listed as 1998 to present. Origins listed as Atlanta, Georgia, United States. And his genres are listed as hip-hop. So, nothing surprising there, at least for me, except for maybe some of those nicknames. Some I've heard, some I haven't, but they're all listed there, so fuck it. But now let's move on to my write-up of Ludacris and see how that reads. While I never personally owned a Ludacris album, he had so many singles that I knew most of his work anyway. While he definitely had his fair share of dope lines, he also reached with some punches for sure. He showed the ability to both get deep and tell stories as well as being excellent at keeping a topic throughout an entire song. He was also pretty good with multisyllabic rhymes and was probably one of the most consistent lyricists from song to song to date. Where Luda really shined though was with his impressively dope flow and his incredible ability to utilize all different rhyme schemes leaving him as a good lyricist overall. Chris registered 8 albums for scoring. While none officially hit the classic mark, one was a borderline classic and the other 7 were great. Not only is that again extremely consistent, but it means Ludacris' worst work was a great album. Of his 131 qualified songs, 14 were great, none were weak, and another 72 were good. That makes two-thirds of Ludacris' material good or better, which is another very solid stat. As far as impact on the hip-hop game, Luda may not have reached legendary status yet, but his name is certainly respected in the hip-hop community and he's had a good amount of commercial success. Musically, however, he's only had a visible influence on J-Forms thus far. As far as originality is concerned, Ludacris is a known character, hence the name. From his voice, delivery, and song ideas, to his videos, image, and overall sound, he had zero hesitation in being unapologetically Chris. So that definitely sounds like a pretty solid write-up there for Ludacris, so let's break down the numbers and see if he does indeed finish as the top artist to come out of the South. Lyrics, he gets a 7, and like I spoke about, man, Ludacris was not only very impressive, but extremely consistent. I mean, this guy literally almost did, like, the exact same thing on every fucking song. There were some songs that were a little better than others, and some songs that weren't quite up to that level that others got to, but, I mean, man, was this guy extremely consistent from every fucking song to song to song when it came to lyrics and keeping a topic and just things like that, and like I said, there was some give and take, he definitely had some dope lines, he also had some where it was like, eh, you know, but he was able to get deep, he was able to tell stories, like I said, he was excellent at keeping a topic, he was pretty good with multi-syllabic rhymes, um, I spoke about his consistency, but where he was really extremely impressive mostly was his absolutely dope flow and his incredible ability to utilize all different unique rhyme schemes. I mean, this guy had songs where he would spit three bars and then the fourth bar would go back to the other bar and then bar eight would go back to bar four where bar five, six, and seven went back to bar one, two, and three. I mean, if you're not into poetry and it's hard for you to follow that stuff, you might not understand what I'm saying, but Man, was this dude incredibly impressive with that rhyme scheme shit and the dope flow that he had. So, Luda gets a solid score of a 7 there in the lyrics department. Albums, he gets a 6.02 with zero classics. And like I've spoken about before, I wouldn't argue with somebody that said, you're crazy, bro, that saying Ludacris didn't have a classic album. I'll give you one. It, you know, one was up there. 
The other seven were great albums. So again, by me saying that, in no way, shape, or form am I trying to knock Ludacris. I told you, from song to song, this guy was amazingly consistent. And every single album of his was great or better. And he had that one borderline classic, which, you know, tiny little discrepancy here or there or whatever the case may be. And that might notch up to a 2.1 and get him that extra point for the classic album. So I wouldn't really argue with somebody that says Ludacris has a classic album. But nonetheless, absolutely impressive stuff here with that album score from Ludacris. And just right there for that classic album. Songs, he gets a plus 1.1. So there he is right over that. That magical one-point mark. And that came from him having 131 qualified songs in which 14 of them were great and not a single one was weak. That came to 11% of his music. You slide the decimal place over one spot and he gets a plus 1.1. So really, really solid stuff here from Ludacris across the board so far. Impact, he gets a 6. And I think this is one of those things where not only can this score change, but it probably will change. Ludacris has been around for a while now, and though he doesn't have an overabundance of material, eight albums in 23 years, so basically about an album every three years. So again, it's not an overabundance of material, but he's getting to that 10 album mark. So when you're talking about a guy that's been around for, let's say, 25 years and has 10 albums and every single one of them is great or better, especially if this guy comes out with a classic album, maybe he influences a couple of more names along the way. You never know what could happen, but the way that Ludacris has gone through his career so far, this score of a six, again, I'm, I'm not promising anything, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but in my opinion, this will undoubtedly go up to at least a six and a half, maybe a seven or higher, depending on how long Ludacris stays around and what Ludacris is able to do and the way that Ludacris goes out and all those type of things, so there's just so many things that could affect your impact score, but I'm sure that Ludacris's will rise sometime in the near future. Originality, he gets a 9, and like I spoke about, man, I mean, Ludacris is just an absolute fucking character. Everything about this guy was super original. His look was original, his song ideas were original, his delivery was original, his voice was original, his videos were crazy with the big arms and the big head and whatever the hell else he had. I mean, he's just always had all sorts of crazy shit. His overall sound and the way that he rhymed and shit like that were all original, so... Aside from Ludacris being very Southern, which is obviously where he's from, everything else about the guy was super original. So he gets an amazing score of a 9 there in the originality department. And honestly, again, if Luda keeps up with the type of shit that he always does and he just does more outlandish things and, you know, has uh, another album or two with some crazy song ideas on it or something like that, this could probably go to a 9.5. So you add those five numbers up and you divide by five because that's the number of categories and it gives you a final rating of 5.28, which puts Ludacris in 28th place of 199 artists done overall. So we'll have to wait until we get into our regional list a little later on in the show to see if Ludacris officially takes over the number one spot for the South, but that's a solid finish there for Ludacris regardless, no question. That should put Ludacris comfortably inside of our top 75 when this is all said and done. So major shout-outs to Luda for sure. So with that, let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall. In our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 199 artists done overall. Behind him in second, we have Jay-Z. Directly behind Jay is Big Pun, who's in third. Behind him in fourth is One Below of Binary Star. And directly behind him is Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, who's in 5th. 
Behind him in sixth is AZ. And behind him is Big L, who's in seventh. Directly behind L in eighth is Nas. And behind Nas is Method Man, who's in ninth. Behind Meth in tenth is Cannabis. And directly behind Cannabis is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in eleventh. Behind him in twelfth is Killer Priest. And directly behind Priest, we have Tupac, Biggie, and Jadakiss in a three-way tie for 13th place. Behind them in 16th is DMX. Behind D, we have a tie between Pharaoh Manch and Jusselah of Jedi Mind Tricks, who are both tied for 17th place. Directly behind them in 19th is Talib Kweli. And behind Talib, we have KRS-One, who's in 20th place of 199 artists done overall. So, neither artist here today able to crack this particular list, but if you guys noticed, KRS-One has made his way back in there. This is like the second or third time that this has happened now, where he's been ousted and then makes his way right back in. And I spoke to you guys about this on the last episode before our summer break. I'm happy KRS-One is back in here, not only because I want him to be, but quite frankly because I think he deserves to be. I'd been talking about how I wish KRS would come out with another album and over the summer as I went back and reviewed everyone we've already covered for new material, KRS-One had officially dropped another new album. I have not gotten to listen to it and score it yet, but I will in the near future and if the teacher keeps up with the pace he's had in the last couple of albums, his scores will be raised and he could wind up moving even higher in this list. So we'll have to wait and see if that comes to fruition, but definitely have to give KRS-One his props not only for making his way back into this list, but for being in it for so long and for being the last remaining 80s veteran to still be in our top 10% overall. So major shoutouts to KRS-One, no question. Now let's get into our top 10% lyrically so far. In our top spot, we have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. Behind him in second is One Below of Binary Star, who got a lyrical score of 9. In a five-way tie behind him, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, AZ, and Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. In a four-way tie behind them, we have Method Man, Jay-Z, Big Pun, and Cannabis, who all got lyrical scores of 8. Behind them in a six-way tie for 12th place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, Big L, Talib Kweli, and Esoteric, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. And And then in what is now a 9-way tie for our 18th and final spot, we have KRS-One, Cool G Rap, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, Slug of Atmosphere, Jadakiss of the Locks, Killer Priest, Benefit, and Ludacris, who all got lyrical scores of 7. So even though Luda not able to crack our top 10% overall, although he didn't miss by much, he is able to squeeze his way into a tie for our 18th and final spot here in our top 10% lyrically so far. So shouts to Luda and anyone else in that list, no doubt about it. Incredible lyricist right there for sure. Now let's check out our decades list starting off with our 1980s. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. This list still remains the same as always. Now let's move into our 90s decade. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 90s thus far are Eminem, Jay-Z, Big Pun, One Below, and Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks. So, on our last episode, we did have One Below of Binary Star crack this top 5 of the 90s list, 
But today this list remains the same and I'm not sure it will change at all going forward. Although I did make that prediction already and it did change after that so I could certainly be wrong. But we're really, really nearing the end of the 90s here. Only a couple of artists left so really, really, really tough list to crack there. But major shout outs to all the people in both of those lists for sure. Now let's get into our regional lists and see if there's any changes to any of these lists today. We'll start off with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York, Big Pun from the Bronx, New York, and Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Moving across to our West Coast, your top artists to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, we have Razkaz from Carson, California, and behind him, Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. So all three spots occupied by California there. Moving down south, your top artist to come out of the south thus far is Benefit from Florida. Behind him, we have Ludacris from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind him, Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Moving to our Midwest, your top artist to come out of the Midwest thus far is Eminem from Detroit, Michigan. Behind him, one below of Binary Star from Pontiac, Michigan. And in our third and final spot, Proof, also from Detroit, Michigan. So Ludacris does beat out Wayne and takes over that number two spot there in the South. And in my defense, like I said, when I made the prediction of Ludacris finishing number one in the South, I was not aware that Benefit was from Florida. Had I known that, I probably would have predicted Benefit to be the top rapper from the South, but... Maybe not. I mean, I knew Benefit was probably not going to get a great impact score, so that would have been a debate for me. But nonetheless, I I did make the prediction of Ludacris, so I do have to ride with that. And, you know, Ludacris certainly had a lot of hits and mainstream commercial success, which isn't always easy to overcome for some of these lesser rappers. But nonetheless, my prediction was off, and Ludacris is at least not at this current moment the king of the South. However... Ludacris sliding into that number two spot does slide out Andre 3000 of Outkast, who was in that list for a very long time with partner Big Boy, who was just recently ousted, and now just a couple of episodes later, Three Stacks meets the same fate, but shoutouts to both Andre 3000 and Big Boy of Outkast for holding down that spot for just about half a decade, for sure. Very impressive stuff. If you'd like to see any or all of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash Tale of the Tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash Tale of the Tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On that host website, you see that support button. Please hit that for me. I appreciate that. And that's going to conclude our episode for today. Next week on episode 64... We'll be covering two female artists, Rough Riders First Lady Eve and the lesser known Soleil. And I'm telling you now, this is not an episode you want to miss. Some very surprising firsts in this episode all around. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well.